0: Managing concurrent access to a resource, whether it's a row, a table, or a single value is easy, as long as no one's trying to modify the underlying data. But what happens if someone changes the data while someone else is reading it? Well, support for non-blocking transactions are enabled by default in Azure SQL Database. Debbie DeMori is here to show us how it works today on Azure Friday. Today I'm thrilled to welcome Davide Mori, who is here to talk with us about non-blocking transactions in Azure SQL Database. Welcome Davide.
1: Hey la! thanks for having me as usual.
0: <laughs> as usual, it's great to have you yeah. on the show again. Thank so, you. So talk to me, what's going on with non-blocking transactions and oh, why do somebody- they matter?
1: Yeah that's a very interesting uh, topic. So well you know you've been using SQL server for a while uh, like me and like many out there and you know that if you start to write uh, or modify a row like insert update or delete something and you are in the middle of a transaction so you begin a transaction uh, you know do something that changes the data and before committing or you know rolling back your transaction someone tries to read or access what you're doing Ah, you will be blocked. So people have to wait in line, basically, right? So this has been the usual behavior since a long time ago. In 2005, SQL Server 2005, uh, uh, we changed a little bit. We introduced what is called the uh, uh, row versioning so that you don't have to be blocked. You can, well, let, let me show you maybe uh, in a demo. It's, it's easier. But long story short, the problem is that in SQL Server, by default, uh, you still are blocked because you need to enable this feature manually. On Azure SQL Database, um, this is enabled by default. So okay. by default, you don't have two ways. Yeah, so let me show my screen so I can uh, uh, more easily explain what's going on here. So we have uh, our usual table, uh, you know, I created a sample city with some city uh, and I'm grouping by city name. So there are several rows, one for each city. Now what I'm doing on the left side, I'm starting a transaction and, you know, making some changes. So let's say I'm inserting a new row and deleting something. I'm still in the transaction right now because I began a transaction, but I never closed it. So uh, ideally I will close the transaction later, but say my transaction is a long running transaction. So I'm in the middle of the transaction. Now, someone else, can try to read my data. I'm doing it from another connection, so simulating another application. And right now I'm simulating uh, the usual behavior, the default behavior that uh, has been there since, uh, you know, always in SQL Server. And that's why I need to specifically put this hint here, uh, just to simulate what's happening. You see, uh, this second connection is just waiting, and it will wait for as long as we wish uh, or until this, Transaction is done. And that's
0: the default behavior in the box, in in SQL Server on-prem. Exactly. Okay. Exactly.
1: And, of course, we kept this because uh, we want to keep, uh, you know, backward compatibility. Consistency. Yeah,
0: exactly.
1: But, of course, uh, on Azure SQL, we can change a little bit uh, things, especially for, you know, cloud born application that doesn't have any ties with existing uh, uh, or past applications. So what happened uh, uh, in Azure SQL by default, again, without having to manually specify anything, is that uh, let me recreate my table, show that I have exactly the same data. Now, let me begin the transaction again and stop exactly where I stopped it before. Now, without having to do literally every, anything, I can just select from sample cities and I will be able to access the cities. Now, you may be thinking that uh, I'm seeing uh, the thing I have just deleted. Like uh, if you are a SQL Server user, if you put no lock or read uncommitted. Well, that's the case. That's not the case because as you can see here, I deleted everything that is related to Bellevue. But as you can see here, Bellevue is still there. So the two transactions are isolated, which means that this second transaction, this second connection, can still see the uh, let's say committed data. So that's why it's called read committed snapshot. Because uh, un- until the other transaction is committed, the real data, the existing data, are those that existed before this transaction started to change the data. Right. So anyone can still read the committed data. So have, uh, you know the correct data without uh, have to wait or uh, or be blocked. And, uh, of course, uh, here on the other transaction, I can still go on, do my update, uh, and then commit. And only after the transaction on the left has been committed, then if I, uh, you know, re-run my application uh, on the right side, I will see the change of data and okay. this is great because immediately you are faster you don't have to wait you you can uh, you know you, your application looks like it's more responsive right so that's right. very nice and
0: you don't have the blocking of the for the readers which when you design exactly. your application with that in mind it's important to have that uh, have that low latency response yes. for the for that uh, application exactly. now i'm exactly. curious though um, let's say that uh, we are migrating a, a database from SQL Server mm-hmm. On-Prem into Azure. Yeah. And it's important for us to understand that by default, if you're migrating to Azure SQL database, this behavior may change and it may change yeah. your application. So for those that want to have a consistent experience with the, what they have on-prem when they yeah. do the migration, and then maybe make choices later to pull back on the, the blocking yeah. that, that they may be experiencing, yeah. how would how would we Handle
1: that? Well, they, they can, of course, if they want. Uh, uh, what we saw is that uh, since we keep uh, returning the old data by basically making a copy of the old data into another side of the database, so you, you still access uh, the data that exists. Because uh, when you are blocked, basically, you are waiting or to get the new data or to get the old data if the transaction is rolled back, right? So Usually, uh, the new behavior is just an improvement and doesn't bring uh, uh, problems or any consistency problem to applications that are migrated. But in in any case, if you if you still want, if you still prefer to wait, yeah, you can re-enable by or adding read committed lock or just you know disabling this feature. All
0: right, Um, so you just uh, change the setting on the database.
1: Yeah, correct. Correct. Great. Right. So now let me uh, also show you another example that shows uh, even an improved uh, version of uh, what uh, of this technique called uh, row versioning. This is also available on uh, SQL Server, and this actually behave exactly in SQL Server. And this is something you have to manually enable because uh, it increases the amount of work that we need to do behind the scene in order to preserve integrity. But it covers a very interesting uh case that uh maybe is not uh, you know the most common one but sometimes you need uh, to have complete isolation between the two transactions and uh, uh you know let me explain that in, in a, a little bit better so uh in the transaction we run before we begin a transaction inserted some data and then deleted something right and then in just one command on the other uh, transaction we uh, run a select now, what happens if the other transa- if the other connection is also a transaction? So let's say I begin a transaction, select something. But now, before we said, is the left transaction to be very slow, right? It takes a lot of time. What if is now is the right transaction, the transaction on the right side, to be very slow, very long? Like, let's say we do a selector, and then we have to, you know, do some computation and wait for 15 seconds. It could happen that the transaction on the left finishes before this transaction is done. So, which means that I read some data, and I know I'm protected uh, by you know the changes being done during the, the uh, execution of the second of the other transaction. But if this transaction is then committed, what happens when I reread my data within the same transaction that I haven't finished yet? Well, if I use the regular uh, read commit snapshot, uh, what would happen is that uh, I read the old data, then the transaction on this left side finishes. Uh, And then here, uh, I read uh, some different data because the transaction on the left is finished, so I'm still reading the committed rows. Maybe I don't want to do that. I want to have something called repeatable read, which means during my transaction, no matter how long it takes, I always want to access uh, the same data I accessed at the beginning of my transaction because I need consistency throughout my transaction. So in order to do that, what we can do is uh, enable something uh, called the snapshot isolation level so let me show you first of all what happened so let's go back uh, create uh, you know the usual sample table i have my cities here as usual and now let me run everything without uh, the snapshot isolation level so with the default uh, uh right re- snapshot and run a very long uh, transaction in the meantime here let me execute this shorter one so this transaction on the left has finished and has changed some data. And let's wait for this transaction to finish it should be in a couple of seconds now. You will see two different results. So this is the select that has been done at the beginning. Then the transaction was doing something complex. And then it tried to read the same data and discovered that the data are different. And now if you know, you're know, mm-hmm. trying for example, to update the data, now that's a problem because you you, you have different set of data. So in, in this is, could be something uh, that you don't want to happen. So all you have to do is enable the transact, the uh, transaction isolation level called the snapshot, which basically protect you against this uh, uh, issue. So let me go again here, clean up everything uh, and start this long transaction, making sure that I specify this uh, set transaction isolation level here, run that and run this transaction again. And what we see is that, uh, like magic, uh, Azure SQL will uh, preserve the changes that has been done uh, on the side, on the left side of uh, my screen, on the transaction left side, so that uh, the the mm-hmm. right side of my screen, uh, the disconnection, will always see the same data uh, during its own transaction. So this is very important because it really gives you uh, a toggle that you can decide how much consistency you want. Uh, Of course, consistency comes with the price of more resources used. Uh, So if you just have uh, uh, a normal need, I would say, or a standard need, uh, the read committed level is more than enough, and it's enabled by default, Uh, you just go, you don't wait. If you also want uh, not to wait, uh, for a long transaction where data may be changed during the lifetime of a transaction, then you want to switch to the uh, um, snapshot isolation level, where your transaction is completely isolated, uh, and you can you know you can make sure that the data will not change during the lifetime of, of uh, the whole transaction, which sometimes is needed uh, when you know you you need to have consistency throughout the transaction. So it's pretty cool.
0: You and you can change these settings then both at the database level as well as at the connection level or the query level.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely so you have all the connect, all the you know option to set uh, mm-hmm. uh, the setting exactly where you need Um, in order to make sure that you use these uh, settings only when they are really used. Because, again, uh, we need to keep basically a snapshot, uh, hence the name, of the row that you are touching. And this, of course, cost resources, right? And just imagine you do a transaction with uh, uh, 100 million rows. Well, we need to keep the snapshot of it. So you really want that to happen if you need it, right? Right. So this this option gives you the ability to choose exactly how much resource consumption you want to have.
0: So... It seems like there are a lot of different transaction isolation mm-hmm. levels that, uh, that yeah. are available for developers to set both on Azure SQL Database as well as on SQL Server and on, on, on-prem. Um, where do we go to learn more about uh, when to use these different settings?
1: Oh well, uh, there is a really good documentation online. You know, docs.microsoft.com. We go and explain all the uh, many transaction isolation levels we have, because uh, we have many uh, because they all try to do the same thing uh, but using different technique. Locking is one. The row versioning is another one, and we decided to just go with the row versioning on SQL Azure because we noticed that. Uh, it costs a little bit more resources, but uh, it gives more uh, uh, performance in the sense that you don't have to wait, so your application is more snappy, your API response uh, uh, faster. So we guess that that's the uh, you know the, the usual desire. Uh, but then you, you literally you have uh, probably seven or six I don't remember at the moment d- uh, different options you can choose from. Yeah. So yeah, uh, docs.microsoft.com and Azure SQL is you know the place where you can l- learn everything about the uh, transactions.
0: Sounds great. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today to to talk Absolutely. more about non-blocking transactions as well as different transaction isolation levels. It's a great information to to learn about. Yep we we've been learning all about non-blocking transactions in Azure SQL Database today on Azure Friday.
1: Hey, thanks for watching this episode of Azure Friday. Now I need you to like it, comment on it, tell your friends, retweet it, watch more Azure Friday.